0: Kia ora, this is Karen Hoverd,
1: Local History Librarian, Pōkekoe Library. Drawing on Auckland Library's heritage collection and Franklin Local History, we share images and voices from the neighbourhood. Our exhibition, I Tato Tātou Hāpuri, The Voices and the People of Our Neighbourhood, is on at Franklin the Centre in the Public Gallery for the month of August. In this clip you will hear from people in our community past and present sharing the memories of Franklin.
2: In this track, we hear voices reflecting a range of views related to school and schooling. First, we hear Violet Keith, recorded as part of the Pukekoe Jubilee 1961 oral history project. You then
3: you've had all your school days in Yes, except that
2: I went to
1: grammar school, you know. I Went to grammar school in
2: uh,
1: 1898.
2: I was mm-hmm.
1: there until 1900. I, I obtained a scholarship. Good. Yes. Well, in those days, there were only 14 scholarships for the whole of New Zealand. And uh, Mr. Dave Russell, who was a Pukekay boy, you know, he yeah. was teaching at Pukekay School. And uh, Father sent me over there. He used to ride over every day. And he trained three us. He, he was the headmaster and there was one. Pupil teacher for the whole school, where well, he trained three of us, and you know, for those fourteen scholarships, we took three on.
2: Mister Gallagher was also part of the group interviewed for the nineteen sixty one Jubilee Project. He was a teacher in Pokokoi through till the nineteen fifties. Here he records the subjects taught and the expansion of the school in the area.
3: That's quite good. And you chiefly taught agriculture, yes, yeah. uh, sir and
4: science all the science I had to by because I could never get a science teacher I had to take at times agriculture home science dairy uh, general science uh, chemistry and uh, mechanics
3: and any other branch of science that happened to come along very
4: good simply because the different schools in New Zealand uh, a student was allowed to take a particular To water. It touched just on the 40. It touched just on 40. And the attendance? Uh, attendance got up over the 500 mark, went from 187 to 500.
2: Gwen Francis was interviewed by Shelley Chignall about her life work as an environmentalist and living in the Franklin area. In this clip, she recalls her love of school and how scholarships at the time were available for the boys only. Technical technical, technical high school. Yes, would
4: well,
5: explain to me what that what that means. Well, that's another sore point with me because I think that that's what we should be having now: technical high schools. And the technical high school then um, had streams, and it had the academic stream for those who wanted to go on to a profession. And uh, that was the only stream that you could sit for the UE or matric as we called it in those days. They'd had an agricultural stream for the boys who were going into farming. It had a woodwork stream for the boys who wanted to do woodwork, go into carpentry. It had an engineering stream for the boys who wanted to do metalwork. And it had a commercial stream for girls or, or boys. though so There was never any more than a couple of boys in the commercial one. And they did it passed exams that they had then in those days in bookkeeping, typing, shorthand, and um, that sort of thing. And they, those girls went to, into offices if you wanted to go into nursing. On, and they also had a domestic stream, which we would now call food technology, but it covered... It even covered childcare and budgeting and, um, and laundry and uh, all that, and dressmaking, that sort of um, thing. So every child's ability, and you chose, apart from the fact that you couldn't take the academic course if you didn't pass what they called a proficiency. We all sat a proficiency exam at the end of our primary school time, which now I would be year eight. In our day, it was standard six. And that's one of the sore points with me, because I <coughs> it was only open to boys. The, it was the Massey Memorial Scholarship, and it was only open for boys. And um, in my final year at, at Pukekohe High School, I beat the boy for ducks of the school, who had won that, who had won the, um, the Massey Memorial Scholarship, which was very satisfying. <laughs> As you can imagine, not, just the fact that uh, that we were not allowed to sit, you know, for that scholarship, but yes, um, yes. Yeah, but it just go, you know it goes to show how t- times change. So after I'd um, i re- went to Buckland Primary School as I said, and then put to Pukekohe Technical High School, and then the war was on. I f- was ducks in nineteen forty. And mum wanted me to carry on because she'd always wanted to be a teacher. <coughs> but I was only 16 by the time, because in those days they promoted you, you know, sort of not by uh, abilities, not by age, but and so, so you went up if you could do the work. If you couldn't do the work, you didn't go up, and one of the boys... Poor boy, though so he did well in his life afterwards. He was 12, and he was still only in standard two, oh, no. and he left school. you <laughs> were allowed to leave when you were 12, <laughs> so he left. But he made a success of his life afterwards because the amount of time he'd stayed in the primer, uh, you know, sort of in that lower room of school, he had at least learned to to read and write and do simple do simple maths. So um, so then when when we, I'd finished the technical high school, um, there were only two of us that went on from pukekohe Technical High School that went on to Auckland University, and one was the boy that had won the, the Massey <laughs> scholarship and the other
2: one was me. The voice of Mary Thompson has been recently recorded with Karen Hubbard. In this clip, she records the 1952 segregation of Māori children into what was called the Māori School. She goes on to describe her love of learning.
1: I really loved their school teacher then, but in 1952 there was a segregation. Maori children um, that lived in the area Um, were segregated and went off to the what they call now the Pukekohe Hills School. But in 1952 of May. It was a Pukekoi Māori school. And they had six classrooms there. From primary through to Form 2. Then you went off to high school. Hmm. I, I learned to love my teachers regardless of... Um, of, of who I got. I learned, to, I learned to love my teachers and I learned to love learning because I felt that, I felt that in the future, it would affect my position in the, in the community and it would affect the generations that would follow And nowadays, I try and encourage my grandchildren to learn to love their teachers and learn to love learning.
2: Dorothy Possel has been recorded recently by her daughter Susan Carpenter, and in this clip she tells the story of how she used to travel to school.
6: Yes, well I did love school and one of my grandsons when he was 16 said to me, where did you live Gran? And I took him to our home which is still there on Ray Wright Road um, and I said from here we had to walk and as we began to drive back towards town and we weren't even halfway, William said, were you still walking I said yes we were and he said you must have been complaining well I was quite intrigued by that because I don't ever remember complaining about it it was the only way to get to school so you did it but um, when my sister Mavis was 10 Our grandmother, our nana in Auckland, bought her a bike for her birthday and she said Mavis was old enough to responsibly ride a bike to school but Dorothy and Rosemary, you're too young, you wouldn't know how to put the brakes on when you went down the hill and you'd fall off. So Dad decided to go to the sale and buy a pony for us to ride to school. So off he went to the sale and came home with the pony. And the next morning he got the pony, put the halter on it and the reins, and he sat me on the front and Rosemary behind me, and he said he gave the horse a slap and said, there you are, away you go, ride the horse to school. Now we were eight and six, so it was quite amazing when you think back on it but the horse must have been well trained we didn't know anything about horses so we just went blithely on but um, the horse took us safely to school and home again but the thing was the boys at school were so intrigued with the idea that a horse was coming that they would be out on the street waiting for the horse to arrive and then they'd take the horse and say, we'll tie the horse up for you, don't worry about it. But they'd take it down onto the rugby field and in playtime and lunchtime, they were riding the horse. I think they were playing cowboys and Indians. So after a little while, the horse must have thought that was beyond a joke. And one morning, Dad said, I don't know what you're doing to the horse, but he doesn't want to go to school. And he bit me, and he actually had the teeth marks on his chest of where the horse had taken a nip at him. And so Rosemary said, well, we don't like the horse anyway because he's flicking me with his tail. We'll walk again. So back we went to the walking, and Dad took the horse to the sale to sell it again. But no, that afternoon as we were coming home, Along Nelson Street came Dad on the horse that he was riding and leading the pony and he said, come on, he said nobody wanted to buy the horse, so he said, get on it and ride home. Well, Rosemary was complaining and saying she didn't like the horse, she didn't want to get on it again, but of course Dad said he had to get home to milk the cow, so come on and no complaining, just get cracking. So, so that was rather different when you think of today's world where everybody's going everywhere in cars.
3: Mm. Mm.
2: Pratam Singh discusses school, home chores and farm work growing up in Pukukoi. Interviewed in 2015, Busmeter Bizwise as part of the history of the Auckland Sikh Society.
3: Yeah, I had no problems at school, primary school. I was in the 50s, I went to primary school. Which school was this? Pukikoi, primary school. And uh, I remember the first day I went there, <laughs> I cried. You know, I said sort I of missed mum and dad a lot. And it just took me a bit of time. And with Jindo's help too, you know, I started to settle in. And uh, I had no problems at all. We mixed up. There was Maoris there, there was English people there. And there were Gujati people there. And we played and we did our normal normal uh, work, what we were taught, schoolwork.
0: Okay. So was it difficult um, with mum and dad not knowing English when you were doing your schoolwork? Or, um,
3: not really, nothing. not really. You
0: had good teachers who assisted? Yeah, we had
3: the good teachers. Um, I remember we just, um, we'd uh, do our, s- go to school, come back, and then um, Dad would uh, say to me, like Pritam, uh, this is your chores to do, you do your chores, and I'll go and do my chores and come back. And he said, do your homework, and I'll sit down and do my homework at night. And um, and we talked Punjabi at home, and it was English at uh, school, and uh, yeah, no problem.
0: So with teachers, were there any, you know, when you were young and maybe you couldn't speak English. Were there any problems? Were they I
3: didn't have any problems speaking English. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. No, not even when you were, you know, into school first? No.
3: No. No. Not no, no really, because my two elder sisters, they, they went to school before, and they used to come back, and they used to talk a lot of English. Yep. And we just, it just gradually picked it up. No From problem. there on. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So describe me your chores. What were your chores like? Oh,
3: chores were everything now from... Cutting cabbage, collie, harvesting onions, um, uh, working right through the rain, hail. Um, like Dad would say, pridham uh, in the morning. This is your chores before you go to school. And I want this done. And I do. I'll do uh, what I'll do is get up in the, early in the morning and go and do the chores, come back, and then we had about five cows and, um, <clears throat> and my sisters would separate the milk and I used to pick up, the, uh, my job was to pick up the cream cans and deliver them to the corner, corner where we used to stay at the corner for the milk truck to come pick it up. And um, then we'd get ready for school and uh, mum would take us to school.
0: What was it and then did you play any sports?
3: I didn't get much time to play sports because dad was by himself, and he sort of wanted me more towards the, the work side. And I did play hockey, and I did play a bit of soccer. Mm. But uh, I always used to say to dad, like, um, "I would like like to play soccer, or I like to go and play hockey," and he said, uh, "Son, look." I need a hand on the garden, if you can help me out on the garden, I'd appreciate it. And I sort of looked at dad and got a, you know, that feeling, he's my dad. And then uh, that's how I got into the garden with him.
0: What about as a young person, you know, with boys getting up, going partying or camping? Did you do any of those? nothing.
3: Nothing, nothing. It was go to school, come back, and in the fields. That was it. Seven days a week.
2: Interviewed in two thousand and five by Bruce Ringer, in this clip we hear from Tony Waters, who taught for many years at Pukakoi High School.
4: Well, what What was the teaching style on those days? Like? It varied, but I must say it was. I always thought it was harsh. I'll never forget even in my first, in the first term there. I remember the old lady teacher. I know her name, perhaps best left unspoken. She'd belt children with a leather strap and I remember one little girl, she belted her and then started belting around the legs with a leather strap. It was pretty harsh, really. The um, principal, he was dignified, I, th- I remember he was a Mr. Park and then we had Norman Day. Norman Day was a great man for in- music and the stage show, he used to put on these lovely plays and music things. He, he wasn't that harsh, but um, m- many of the teachers were. They would easily lose their temper and belt into people. But however, there were, uh, one or two were quite good, really. I always remember one teacher who he said he'd been around the world and he said that the journey from Auckland to Wyahook was a journey through some of the finest agricultural land in the world with beautiful trees and green grass and lovely coast, little inlets, coastal inlets, you might say, harbour inlets America. And I always dreamed then, I thought, I'm going to go round the world one day. And so, um, I suppose, in in a way school was good. I like sport and I like company and um, I like stories and reading poetry I always used to I can remember winning poetry competitions. so I ended up being a teacher and managed to get round the world and I'll never forget I would still say that the beautiful green land with native bush on it between Auckland and Waiuk would be some of the finest pastoral land in the world.
1: To find out more about Franklin local history go to heritage collections online or visit us at the library in Pōkakaui.